The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto World Baseball Podcast. I am Matt Straup. Today we're going to talk some recent pitching and hitting trends. Nate Grimm is with me. And Nate, let's start things off with one Alex Young. This guy uh, has gotten a lot of attention in fantasy leagues. And I think it's kind of an interesting case because we all pay attention to minor league numbers. His were not good this year. He had a 6.09 ERA, a 1.68 whip in the minors, has come up and obviously pitched pretty well, including six no-hit innings back on July 7th, up to 47% rostered in Yahoo. Now, his most recent start Sunday wasn't great, four in runs and four innings, now has a 238 ERA and 0.66 whip. I guess I'll ask you this, why are we kind of ignoring the minor league numbers on him, and which numbers overall are you giving more weight, uh, what we've seen in the majors or what we saw in the minors? Yeah, I um, I think that with players who come up and perform well, you, you, especially when you don't have any uh, understanding of them, um, you can look at the numbers and try and get a feel for what it's going to do. But, but really, I think that when a guy gets up and performs, you kind of have to take what he's doing at the major league level uh, almost at face value and separate that from what he's done in the minors. There's a lot of reasons to not worry about what a guy does in the minors as well. You know, competition and um, especially with hitters, you know, if you don't have big RBI totals or something. I mean, obviously there's a lot of uh, environmental factors that might weigh that down. But I think as far as Young goes, it should be a little bit of both. I mean, we should we should look at what he's doing in the majors, both and be impressed and be a little bit critical. You know, the, the 2.38 ERA and 0.66 whip are nice, but, you know, he's got a, a 109 batting average on balls in play and a high strand rate that su- suggests that a lot of this maybe isn't legitimate as well. Uh, but then also you, you can't really argue with the results he's had thus far. I mean, even even Sunday, one bad pitch to Tyler Saladino that he hits for a grand slam um, is maybe the difference between four scoreless innings and uh, four innings and four and runs. So it's a guy who you are maybe rolling out there even now, um, even after Sunday, but who you should be ready to pull the plug on uh, at sort of the first few signs of of trouble because those underlying numbers and like you said the minor league numbers do suggest that he's he's not nearly as good as he's been to this point it sounds like for you i mean this could potentially go either way like he could keep rolling for a while obviously there's there's some talent there i mean he you know he had well over a strikeout per inning in the minors this year so i guess uh yeah i, I don't know exactly what i'm saying but, yeah, but it I, truly sounds like it could go either direction yeah, I mean, I the way that I would describe it is, um, so I have him in a league where we have daily moves, and probably how I'm going to play it from this point on. He's definitely not just sort of a guy you 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 know must start and you put in there and don't think about it. I'll probably just try and curate it, you know, at least for the next start or two. And if both of those are are poor, then you know then I'll, I'll reassess even even rostering him. But but he's not a guy that I'm just sort of blindly putting out there, even with the success that he's had. But he's a guy who I'm I'm considering starting in the right situation and seeing how that goes. All right, 
Meanwhile, Brandon Woodruff, uh, some injury news, injured his oblique on Sunday. He's obviously been a bit of a revelation this year, especially in terms of strikeouts, 136 of them in 117 and two-thirds innings. What's the kind of fallout for you of this injury, Nate? So the Brewers were already probably going to be buyers at the deadline, and we're already probably going to be trying to acquire a pitcher. And so this just sort of elevates that need. And so it almost guarantees that they are going to be active in the next 10 days to make a deal to get a pitcher of some magnitude. Now, maybe that's a guy you pick up off the scrap heap, or, you know, uh, maybe it's a guy that you, you know, pay up a little bit more for the the bum garners and the, you know, Marcus Stroman's of the world. So I don't know what they're going to do in real life, but they really now are, are basically forced into making a move. They want to try and stay uh, where they are in, in the standings. As far as fantasy players, I mean, of course, you put Woodruff on your um, injured list. You pay attention to what's going to come out today, today being Monday when we're recording this. Um, as far as the length of the, the injury, he's going to have an MRI um, in Milwaukee. It's going to tell us more about what this looks like. But, you know, it's it's now July 22nd, and we've got a little over two months left in the season. If this is a thing that knocks him out for six weeks, uh, you can basically cut him in most leagues because, you you know, he's he's not going to give you much in any time that matters, especially with playoffs and, and things um, and people who are in leagues with playoffs. So in in that case, then you're looking at the waiver wire, trying to figure out who's available. I, I wrote about Homer Bailey recently, you know, I've written about, well, I don't really want to prop up Danny Duffy because that, that didn't go so well after I wrote about <laughs> it. But, um, you know, there's uh, the last, you know, you can look back. I mean, obviously we have waiver wired columns every week that talk about different players who are available. And one guy who we've got on the list to talk about here, Jose Urquidy, is, uh, is another guy who may be interesting to kind of fill in for Woodruff for teams that, you know, are in deeper leagues and leagues where some of those guys, even that we talk about, uh, are already rostered. Yeah, Arkady uh, pitched really well on Saturday against the Rangers, nine strikeouts in seven innings, allowing just one run, no walks. He's only 3% rostered in Yahoo leagues. From what I saw, his changeup looks really good. What stands out to you about Arkady and what makes him an intriguing pickup to you? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he, he throws hard. Uh, he's got three pitches that he's that he's throwing well right now. Good minor league numbers. You know, a lot of the same stuff that we're talking about with Young that we think maybe that's not sustainable. Um, in the other direction, Urquidy's numbers aren't necessarily something that you look at. You know, in ERA north of five, and you 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 think is. Um, is very good, but you look at the underlying stuff and it says that, you know, he's been pretty good. Maybe he's been, he's given up a few too many homers and, and that hurts, but really, you know, this is a guy who, of course, you can't ask for a better situation than pitching for the Astros in terms of just the run support you're going to get, you know, the bullpen. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm interested and I think 3% is definitely low. Um, and so I, uh, I think after this weekend, that number will go up, but it's probably not going to go up to the point that he's not going to be widely available and um, he's definitely a guy that if I'm in a league where I lost Woodruff or, or I'm looking for you know pitching help and, and interesting guys popping up I'm, I'm taking a flyer on him for sure Jordan Yamamoto is not a guy who's widely available he's rostered in 65 percent of Yahoo leagues he had his shakiest start yet on Sunday against the Dodgers five runs in four innings still has a 261 ERA and 1.00 whip with 38 strikeouts and 38 innings obviously to some extent you give you know, a guy pass for a bit of a shaky start against the Dodgers. What do you make of Yamamoto just big picture going forward? Yeah, that's kind of where I am. It's just a reminder as much as anything that the Dodgers are just sort of a different class and um, and, and that any pitcher is going to have a tough time when he has to face the Dodgers on a given day. You know, he made a couple of mistakes that they made him pay for. Um, maybe he hasn't been made to pay for, for those mistakes in, in past starts, but 
I'm still holding on him. I'm not, um, you know, I'm not concerned about this until we see more struggles. So it's kind of the thing where, uh, you know, you look at what he's done. There's legitimacy to it. It's not a thing where where the numbers say that he's been someone that he shouldn't be to an extent. Uh, so that's that's kind of where I'm at. Is is he's not? I don't think he's as good as he's been to this point because that's you know kind of a, a first division you know, a starter, but he's, I don't think this is the point where he turns back into a pumpkin. I'm, I'm okay holding Yamamoto and rolling him out there the next time. When you look at these strikeout leaders on the season in a tie for ninth place is one Lance Lynn, which I don't think anyone saw coming. Obviously (laughs) he was spectacular again on Sunday, 12 strikeouts against the Astros, no less the 32 year old just having a phenomenal renaissance campaign. I mean, 393 ARA, okay, not great, but 152 strikeouts, a 1.23 whip. What do you make of Lynn going forward? I mean, at this point, he's pretty much a must-start, right, in any case? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think he's back to, you know, you look at what he's doing just in terms of, you know, how he's pitching, and that's kind of the big one is that he's he's back to pitching like he did when he had success, and uh, that's, you know, throwing his four-seamer a lot more. He, he had kind of gone... After he left the Cardinals, um, he had kind of gone to throwing a sinker a lot. You know, for what reason? Maybe it's pitching philosophy, you know, of, of the clubs they ended up on. Maybe it was something where he didn't think he could control his, his four-seamer. But for whatever reason, he um, he had started throwing uh, his sinker a lot more, and, um, and it was just getting tattooed. And so now if you look at the way that he's pitching this year, he's throwing his, his four-seamer a lot more often. He's also throwing a cutter that's uh, had good results. So, uh, but that was, you know, you think back to, and I watched a lot of him as a member of the Cardinals. So, you know, people might not have this sort of, this memory of him that I do, but, you, you know, Lance Lynn was always a guy who threw his fastball a lot. And what he did well was he, he, he spotted it. So he was throwing hard. He was throwing a four seamer. It's not like there was, he was throwing in, you know, the Justin Verlander class, but, you know, he threw it in the low 90s, but he, he spotted it and he just threw it all the time. And so he's back to basically doing that. And he's had success, and I don't think he's going to go away from it. And so I think that this is definitely legitimate what he's doing, and I'm I'm rolling him out there basically regardless of matchup. Out of like the top ten ish guys in strikeouts, I mean there are three three ish names that really stand out as sort of big surprises or at least medium sized surprises: Matthew Boyd, Shane Bieber, and Lynn. I think in that top ten, and I mean Lynn may be the biggest surprise out of all of those names in terms of a guy who no one expected to just kind of. Uh, not dominate, but pitch this well. Yeah, we, you know, Bieber. Obviously, we saw some signs that he could be something close to this good. Maybe not. Maybe we didn't think he'd be this good. But Boyd also is a guy who's had some success in the past and who's shown some flashes. And so he was on some people's radars this spring as well. But no, Lynn was a guy. You know, one of those. Uh, it's almost like ageism. You know, he's he's, he's older now. <laughs> right. He's he's been just a guy who's been floating around. When those guys pop up, it's always a little more shocking than than maybe the younger guys who who have maybe just been knocking on the door. All right, one more pitcher to hit before we move on to a few hitters. It has been a turbulent uh, stretch for Herman Marquez. He gave up 11 earned runs against the Giants his last time out. Then, however, on Sunday against the Yankees, was looking pretty impressive. Now, it should be noted, this was on the road. Seven innings, three hits, two earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts at Yankee Stadium. At this point, he's got a 7.07 ERA at home, 325 on the road. I mean, we saw him, you know, he's been a, a really good second half guy before, but at this point, like, what universe can you possibly consider starting him at Coors Field? It, is it just that simple at this point? Yeah, that's, I, the Giants start basically cemented that for me, that there's, he's just, nothing is safe. And I know the Giants 
have been hitting well lately, and so they're not maybe the perfect example of a, a team you should roll over even at Coors Field. But it, you know, if not, if not against them, then against two. And so I, uh, I'm just off it. I um, now if he's in a league where you can curate it and you can start him on the road, you know, whether that's a weekly league where you can see what's coming up, or a daily league where you can get him in there, he's absolutely worth starting. Almost a must start on the road. He's he's that good. At Coors, though, it's just, I mean. I don't know who you feel comfortable starting at Coors, not even Rocky starters, just, just in general. The the environment is so offensive now, and especially with the balls and whatever you want to say about the balls uh, being different. It's just nobody is safe, and um, it's unfortunate because Marquez is, is one of the most talented pitchers probably in the league, but there's no... There's no scenario at this point when when he gives up 11 runs to the Giants, you just kind of you, you just throw your hands up and say, okay, well, you know, this isn't working. Yeah, I mean, even last year when he had a, a really strong season overall with a 377 ERA, his splits were still relatively extreme: 4.74 ERA at home and 2.95 on the road. It's gotten even more drastic this year. So that is that. Let's get into a few hitters. AJ Pollock has obviously been on fire lately. He's hitting 406. With four homers, 12 RBIs, a couple of steals since he got activated. I guess for me, the question with Pollock is really trust, right? I mean, he's a guy who has trouble staying on the field. He's been added in a bunch of leagues. How are you feeling about him if you just picked him up and thrown him into your lineup? Like, would you go so far as to say you trust him down the stretch? I mean, I, I trust him to perform when he's on the field. Now, of course, that's what kind of what we're talking about is whether or not he's going to be. Do you trust him to be on the field? So, I mean, you can't because he's a guy who is falls into the chronically injury prone category. You can't just go, well, this is, you know, now I've got my starting outfield for the next two months, but you know, you, you, you roll him out there and trust that he's going to be good when he's out there. And you hope that he stays healthy and stays on the field. The Dodgers are in a position where they can probably manage his playing time and manage his health to give him some days off. So, and, you know, again, I mean, talking about different league types, I mean, daily leagues is ideal for a guy who may be having a random Wednesday off and, you know, and getting a Saturday off. But no, I mean, I, there's nothing you can really do because he's so talented that when he's on the field and in that Dodgers lineup, he's going to produce that you just kind of have to take the, um, you know, take the uncertainty and, and take the days off as you can. But, uh, but really you don't have any, any sort of recourse in not putting him out there. Pollock now up to 65% rostered in Yahoo leagues with his six homers and 26 RBIs. Jorge Soler with 27 homers and 70 RBIs is 59% rostered. Who would you take between those two guys going forward? Yeah, I'm, I, Pollock has shown that you know sort of top few round value, um, and that was a little bit ago, but still, he's the more talented player. He's the the more well rounded player. He's definitely the guy between those that I'm uh, that I'm on. All right, the Padres have recalled Luis Arias from AAA. Obviously, he's had a big year uh, in the minors. He had 315 with 19 home runs, 50 RBIs, seven steals. You know, to some extent, we're not putting a ton of stock in AAA numbers, you know, with the baseball and everything. Arias, though, you know, an intriguing talent. Where do you land on him going forward? Is he a guy you're interested in? Yeah, I don't think we need to even care about the minor league numbers, although they're really uh, obviously very good. But it's it's not the kind of thing where I'm discounting him or tempering my expectations because he had really good numbers in an offensive environment in the minors. He's, you know, a guy who, who also was a top prospect. I mean, you know, on a lot of lists, a top 10 prospect. Maybe maybe that's a little generous. But, uh, you know, a guy who's been on people's radars for a while. This isn't um, this is a guy who popped up out of nowhere. So um, has struggled to gain traction at the major league level. But I'm 
you know, convinced that it's going to happen eventually. And so now he's back up. The Ian Kinsler experiment is probably on its last legs. It's um, so it's, it's now, I think that either going to insert him at second base, hopefully on a pretty regular basis, let him play out, you know, the rest of the next couple of months as the everyday second baseman with Tatis next to him. And you just kind of roll with that young lineup. And, um, and so, yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to see what he's doing. I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily inserting him right away until I see a couple of good games, but he's a guy that I'm even now sort of speculating on taking a, taking a flyer on and hoping that this is the time when it all clicks for him. Pretty much an ideal bench flyer at this point, um, yeah. if nothing else. 22% rostered in Yahoo, so he's available in a lot of leagues. One more uh, name I want to hit, Oscar Mercado of the Indians. He went 5 for 5 on Friday. He also stole his ninth base. He's putting together some pretty solid numbers overall. Obviously, we've talked about how absurdly deep outfield is this year. I mean, I just mentioned Jorge Soler, who has you know 27 homers, 70 RBIs, and is owned in just over half of the Yahoo Leagues. Mercado... Rostered in 39% of leagues with his 293 average, seven home runs, nine steals. Given the steals and, you know, given how well he's playing lately, do you think that 39% number ought to be higher? Yeah, definitely. And I, I, I don't really know what's to it besides what you're talking about with this. You know, there's just an, like almost an oversaturation of good players. And so our our bar has to move with it as far as what's worth rostering or who, right. you know, who we're outraged about that isn't, isn't owned in more leagues. Or, but, I mean... I that number is is crazy low to me with for a guy who's you know already um you know just 53 games is approaching double double status and you know is hitting in a lineup behind Francisco Lindor and ahead of Carlos Santana and Jose Ramirez what you know what what more do people need to see from this guy to go like oh this is you know this guy's worth rostering so I don't get it in all the leagues that I'm in. He's long gone because, you know, they're competitive leagues. And so, if, right. if you know, it's almost like a good barometer of how competitive is your league. If nobody's on, on Oscar Mercado with what he's done to this point, hit for average, hit for power, stolen bases, then there's something wrong with the league. Well, and I do think that these percentage numbers can kind of have weird meaning, meaning as we get later and later in the season. You know what I mean? As... As people fall out of contention, fantasy owners fall out of contention, the numbers can get pretty skewed. So, and they, you know, they, I think they also pull in super shallow leagues, maybe even leagues where players like that can't be rostered because they're rookies or something. So, I mean, there's there's definitely some some skew to it. But even so, um, I mean, I'd, I'd rather have him over Soler. We're talking about Soler kind of as a benchmark. I mean, I'd rather have Mercado every day of the week. Soler sort of the ultimate benchmark of like he's like just the neutral line of like and by the way the dude is going to have like a 35 homer 100 rbi season at, or something like that and he's just a neutral guy that's fascinating yeah uh, <laughs> uh quickly want to hit a bullpen situation uh before we get out of here emilio pagan has been struggling lately he blew a save on saturday against the white Sox. has had a couple rough outings lately we were expecting him to kind of run away with this closer job for the rays after Jose Alvarado hit the shelf with an oblique injury. How concerned are you on Pagan, and are you taking any action to kind of handcuff him if you picked him up recently, or just speculate on someone else in that bullpen? Yeah, I, I may have kind of a wandering eye and, and look more at Diego <laughs> Castillo again. Um, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, Castillo, it's not hard to draw a line between his struggles in June and the fact that he went on the injured list, you know, shortly thereafter. And since he's returned from in the second half, uh, you know, four and a third scoreless innings, uh, five strikeouts, you know, three hits allowed. He now looks to be right again. And, you know, with Pagan struggling kind of at the same time, 
Um, you know, Adam Kalarik got the save on Sunday, but he's not a guy who's, you know, he's a lefty who doesn't have good numbers against righties. He's not a guy you're concerned about holding down that job. So um, it seems like Pagan may already be on the outs. And with Castillo pitching well and having, you know, have done it earlier this season, if, you know, gun to my head uh, right now, I mean, Castillo's the guy that I'm rostering in that bullpen. Wandering eye for Diego Castillo is now a sleeper contender to the title of this episode. <laughs> it's like that meme that people have, you know, and, and, and uh, Emilio Pagan is the girlfriend and, and Castillo is the girl in the red dress that I'm looking at. <laughs> That's right. All right, that is about it for us. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you may listen. Take a second to rate and review the show as well. DJ Short and Drew Silva will be back with their regular episode on Friday. We are here every Tuesday. If you want to follow us on Twitter, he is at Nate underscore Grimm. I am at Matt Straup. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you guys for listening. Nate, thanks, man. Talk to you soon. Likewise. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.